As we try to share the gospel with others, there are countless different responses about who they believe Jesus to be. So today on the Emmaus Institute for Disciple Making podcast, Robert Bowen is going to be continuing his series over gospel-centered evangelism and giving us practical examples on how to respond to others' beliefs. Okay. Um, can I get the door? Um, so it's starting again um, for, for week two. And uh, um, so there's a few things. I, I did actually print out some of the, the notes. Um, we'll see how we do about staying on schedule. And uh, um, so we'll see how that works. So the first thing really was, um, okay, I gave homework. Yes. Did you do the homework? <laughs> we, we read orders, yes. um, my spiritual conversation was a pretty short one, as in I handed some ice that I don't know where you land on your worldview of who God is at a restaurant, mm-hmm. our server. Uh-huh. And I said, but if you get a chance, I'd love for you to read this. It's made of, it's completely changed my life. And okay. And I gave her the iPhone one. Hmm. Okay. I, I Yeah, I hadn't actually, I don't think I had read that until, it's, it's a brand new one. It's kind of a funny one. It's, it's a cute Dad one. Dad likes it. Um, I, yeah, I kind of I like the ones that are funny a little bit. You know, I think it's good, especially and nowadays. I one at the haircut place today. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah. After the, were you in the 11 o'clock service? Um, which one? Like this, like yesterday? I skipped the 11. I went to the 9 and the 1, but I missed the 11. Why? What happened? Um, oh. Well, there was just, there were six baptisms, mm. and a couple of them were people who said things like, you know, I, I was baptized when I was younger, but I really didn't, you know, make a life change or whatever. So, our 11-year-old to Jed and was like, I'm right, I'm not saved. Mm. So that was his spiritual conversation. That's a fantastic conversation. Um, and then Jed and I had a very long conversation just talking about what we were talking about, about hell, and it's just so hard to wrap your mind mm. around eternal torment. Yeah. Yeah. I like some of the folks I, I listen to, they use the phrase, and it's intentional, they say eternal conscious torment, which is just specific, right? I mean, it's precise, a little more precise in language, but it's also, that's, it's nearly overwhelming when you think of it, right? I mean, and it's, I don't know that we'll ever understand the depth of ho- both the positive and the negative, right? If you think both directions, right? We don't really understand holiness, um, and we don't really understand, you know, hell. I mean, it, you know, the, maybe those aren't exact opposites, but... Um, well, it's easy to yeah. say you believe the whole... It's easy to say I believe the whole Bible, everything it teaches, everything Jesus said, everything... Sure. But it actually gets your, your mm-hmm. heart around somebody for eternity being tortured is hard to grasp. Yeah. <coughs> it is. Um I still, and I think this is this is extra biblical, so it's a little bit of a stretch sometimes. But I just remember, I don't remember if it was Paul Washer or one of those kind of preachers, um, who was he was giving an example of, you know, where they uh, um, of of saying that when you come in the presence of the pure holiness of God and Jesus and in heaven, that that and nobody can ever fathom this 
that you could stand there and, once again, not biblical. It's, it's an image to help you understand how far off that we don't understand. But applauding as your daughter gets sent to hell. Like if you were watching and you are fully seeing the holiness and perfection of God and the righteous judgment of God and, and then, and then being, being able to applaud as someone is sent to hell. And I know that sounds so crazy and contrary, and there's nothing in Scripture that says we do that. So I, I want to be careful not to, not to go there, but, but it's an example of something just to go, I mean, I, I, you know, um, so it's tough. I, I think what that should, even though we don't fully understand, it should be what we understand is enough to compel us, right? Uh, you know, um, okay. How about Romans one? Did you uh, did you no, what did I have? Romans one through three, through three. three? Did you do that? Reading, reading it with an eye towards the gospel was oh, sort of I the thought. Have to three chapters no, like, I'm yeah. not smart enough to do that. I'm a homeschool mom. I did it. You memorize Romans one? Oh yeah. One two three. Go ahead. She's an overachiever. Um. So just so you know, when I did it, and this is really, really poorly written because I did a lot of it on a bus, but um, but but this is this is what I did. I took a little Emmaus card and I went through verse by verse, and then when a verse came up, um, I just made a quick note by uh, different different thoughts. So just just working through it all the way, um, and uh, and just so you know, I, when you're talking to your son, this is one of the things. Um, unrelated a little bit to this lesson, but when, when somebody is struggling with, with um, and, and if, I'll say it this way, a way to verify that they really are struggling is this. This is the way I do it. I'll say, look, let's meet next week. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to read the book of First John, and I want you to m- do something like this and make notes of of. Questions, challenges, difficulties, right? Because remember what 1 John is, if you don't know. 1 John was written. Sometimes if you read it with a bad mindset, it's like it's to find ways to prove that you're not really saved, right? But But it was actually written to believers to give them a list of tests to confirm their salvation and for them to feel more comfortable and empowered in their salvation. Um... But, I mean, there's obviously some very difficult verses in there. So don't ever, if, if they don't come back with anything, they didn't read it, right? Um, but, but that is an incredibly good use. If somebody who is somewhat walking in some level of faith and they say they're struggling, that's what I always do. And I go, let's pick a time, let's talk next week, and we're going to walk through. And if they don't do it, then you have the guilt side that says, I thought you were struggling. Is really, I mean, just so y'all know, that's the homework between week three and four. So I actually read it this, this, right? I mean, I read it in about, I read it fast, but I read it in like 12 minutes, right? Now, if you're doing it, doing this kind of thing, it's going to take a good bit longer than that probably. But, um, but it's, it's what, like four or five chapters? It's, you know, it's pretty short. Um, but that's just so you know, that's, it's one of the techniques that I've used probably a dozen times. Um, and uh, just to tell people. Because what you want to do is drive them to Scripture, right? Don't drive them to a feeling. Don't drive them to, a, you know, um, that kind of stuff. And then the other, li- <laughs> so rabbit trail. Um, the other thing I do, and, and 
Okay, I know not everybody's a John MacArthur fan. This is a John MacArthur study Bible with a new cover. Um, one of the things that it has that I love, oh, okay, is at the end of it, have you, have you seen this page? Okay, you need to, okay, so here's what I do. In the, bot, in the back of John MacArthur, right, it's right before the concordance or something, it's, um, it's, it's pretty early on, one, right after Revelation, probably the second, usually the second section. Um, I actually, okay, I wrote to Grace to You, and I said, is it okay if I make copies of that page, because like I don't want to violate copyright, and make copies of that page, and what I do is I put my, I put my name and email address on the back, and there have been times when I've talked to people, if I happen to have my Bible with me, and I say, if you're truly struggling with your salvation, read some of these verses. Pick three of these topics, two or three under each heading, because these, if you haven't seen it, evidence that neither prove nor disprove one's faith, and then there's a bunch of verses. The fruits and proofs of authentic salvation, characteristics, and then a bunch, a bunch of verses. And it's just a way, especially for somebody that you know, to give them a, a, a real way of doing this sort of thing. Um, so, and Grace to You is okay with making copies of it. Um, it was really, the cool part was they responded like the same day, and they were like, hallelujah, make all the copies you need. This is literally my favorite study Bible. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a fan, but, uh, you know, that's a whole, like my wife is, she would prefer not to have somebody who is so confident in every, I mean, because MacArthur is definitely, when he has a note, it is confident. It is, this verse means this. And, you know, like a Ryrie or something like that, of course, is going to say, some believe this says this means this, and some believe it means this. Uh, but, um, okay, so getting back to Romans 1. Um, it's okay. Did anything, anything that you can remember jump out um, about Romans, Romans 1 through 3? Hmm. Um, he basically says if you're judging mm. <clears throat> then you have the law in your heart because you're 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 making a judgment on someone else I, I'm pretty sure that was in here mm -hmm. um, it is I thought it was in the beginning of chapter 2. Oh, if someone has sufficient knowledge to judge others, I mean, this is MacArthur, not mm. he condemns himself because he shows he has the knowledge to evaluate his own condition. And then also, then he says, Paul describes the, the deeds of two distinct groups, the redeemed and the unredeemed. The deeds of the redeemed are not the base of their salvation, but the evidence of it. I thought yeah. that was all <clears throat> interesting. So, yeah, because here's what I would say, and then we'll, wait, wait, we can maybe even open in prayer, but um, we just got, kind of drove in. The, if I was to sum up what my heart is for this class, it is probably, at a very high level, an awareness of sharing the gospel. Like, where you, as you read scripture, you have a, a mindset that says, Oh, I could not not trying to be manipulative, but it's like, oh, that helps. I could use that. That, you know, just having that as part of your your sort of your DNA, um, as as you look at things, um, and and a little bit about methods and techniques and mechanics stuff. Um, 
The interesting thing about that, in my opinion, is there is nothing prescriptive in Scripture that says this is the way to share the gospel. And the reason is because it's dependent upon the situation and the interaction and, and things like that. So there are a lot of different passages about these kind of things. But there's, there is no, you know, like prescriptive way that says this is what you have to do. Um, and then just a little bit of the guilt, a little bit of the guilt to be obedient, right? I mean, that's, that's, that comes from the awareness, right? Then, because aware, because obedience is, is really just dealing with your, your, you know, like we talked about last week, you know, where I'm, I'm, I'm pushing down the love of self and more towards the love of others. Um, so, and, um. Let's, if you don't mind, let's open up in prayer and then we'll, we'll dive in some more. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this time. Lord, I thank you for, um, for the calling in our lives to, uh, to be your mouthpieces. Lord, your, your word is, is clear. Your spirit works in, um, in, in the hearts of others. Um, your, your, your sovereign power um, that gives the gift of faith to those. But you have asked us to share the gospel with those around us. Um, help us, Lord, to, uh, to, to both have, have enough confidence, um, but more have a willingness and, uh, to struggle through it and, uh, and, and to just maybe even fumble at times, but, uh, but to, have, to have a heart towards you and your eternal kingdom. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Um, the other thing I would say is give yourself grace. <laughs> Because we talked about that a little bit last week, right? Don't kill yourself because you're like, oh, I could have said this, or I should have done that, or, um, you know, like one of the things that that when I'm in a really good season of evangelism, that there are that I will I will try really hard to to ask servers, hey, we're about to bless our food. Is there anything I, we can pray for you about? Um, and and I I honestly don't do that as often as I'd like to. Um, I don't even think about it sometimes. Um, and then there are times when I think about it and then I choose not to do it. So, um, but, but that's a, a kind of an example of something that it's the cool part with it is just a simple question like that. There are times you will get an immediate sense like, okay, we have the Saturday morning Bible study at Cracker Barrel, right? There are, there are, I know there are two waitresses there that occasionally serve our table not very often um i will ask them and and i know that they have no faith background because they hate they don't even like me asking to be honest and then there's other ones that'll pull me aside and go would you mind praying for us about this or this um and then just like last week our our normal server um it was it's, it was funny because when you know i try to get there before everybody else and she and i talk sometimes and i just said hey um how you doing is there is there anything because i mean you know I've asked her this question probably uh, 30 times, um, so it's a little different at that point. But but I, I remember asking her, and 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 she just she looked around and she sat down and she just said, "Look, let me let me just tell you, my my mom is is is, is strung out on drugs. I think meth or some. I know it's opioids. Probably opioids is what I think." Um, and she's like, "I don't know what to do, um, but she needs help, right?" Um, and, you know, that's the kind of thing, a little bit different when you ask every week and kind of build a little bit of a relationship. But I will also tell you, I asked somebody one time, never saw them before, like at a Chili's. And the person just starts crying and then just like shares an uncomfortable amount of detail about their life. Um, 
and it was, you know, it's, it's just like, wow, okay. Um, and we will talk a little bit more about that as we go. Maybe we'll talk some tonight, but then uh, maybe in the coming weeks. But um, so, but yeah, those are those are good ones. Um, you know, there's even though the world is sort of anti right now, very anti-Christian, um, they're they're not they're not anti-care and anti-love. Um, you know, if you if you show honest compassion for somebody, um, you will get you will you'll be surprised um, about that. Anything else about Romans um, I, that, that, that you saw? Well, when you get to Logan, stuff on the, we're in chapter one talking about there is really no excuse. Everybody should know that there's a God. It's inside every person to know that there is a God. So if people lie to themselves and say, yeah, that there is no God. The depravity of man, how God allows us, once we've rejected God, allows us to fall deeper and deeper into sin, the depravity of that, those sins, the depth that they go to. Of course, Romans 3 is full of the gospel. Yeah. More clear. And uh, so one of my favorite phrases right at the end of Romans 3 is... Um, I don't know the whole passage, but but that he may be the, be just and justifier, right? Um, that is one of my favorite phrases, and I mean, there's a lot of great stuff in Romans three, um, but but that that phrase is one of my favorites. Um, could you see how? Do you need me to read it in context? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to take it out of context. But right at the end of Romans three, um, it's uh, yeah. Um, Sorry, I can't turn the page. Um, yeah, I mean, basically, to demonstrate at the present time his righteousness, that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So, how is God just? How is he just in general? Yep. I mean, in Romans, I mean, in, in the context of Romans 3 is fine, right? Because that's the, that's, I mean, at least the second half of Romans 3 that's really what it's talking about, right? Is, right, that there's the sin situation, you know, but then, you know, but Jesus was our propitiation, right? Which is a big churchy word. You probably don't want to say that in a witnessing encounter, right? But, but, but that, is, that is how this happened, right? So the fact that we are, we are um, that, that God, because if God just let sin go, he would not be just. So in a depraved world where the wages of sin is death, he said the wages of sin is death, right? So God set the, the standard for what happens as a result of sin, which means there had to be death. So if God said the wages of sin is death, but I'm just going to let all you guys go, right, with no death, well, then the wages of sin isn't death. So it's this difficult situation, right? If, if God wasn't the author of all of this, we might say, he, there was no way to, to be both just and the justifier, right? But God did it through Jesus, right? So because, because Jesus suffering, that's why when you hear me talking about the wrath, right? So God has to be, has to have a penalty for sin, but he loved us so much that he found a, he found a way. He, he had it all planned out, right? So that, so that, so that we could be justified, right? We could be made 
righteous. That's what the propitiation is, right? So Jesus was, Jesus was, no, Jesus was the, the sorry, he's not, it's not propitiation. Propitiation is the suitable sacrifice, right? So, so, so Jesus was a valid sacrifice for the wrath that we earned because he was a perfect, sinless lamb. In order to, he was the only thing that could be, that could be a viable sacrifice for the sin that we had created, right? So God was just because he poured out that wrath on the Son. And he was the justifier because he overcame that death so that we could get the imputed, if you get into the imputation thing, right? So we get the imputed righteousness of, of Jesus, right? We receive that. So now we are justified. We are, we are valid for heaven. We are, it's possible for us because of the work of the cross, right? And, and I think when you, you know, when you spend some time kind of in that, right, exactly, right, right. I mean, you know, you spend some time into that, <laughs> right? And, and I think that's, that's just one of those really powerful things. Um, and and the, the, the challenge with it is, is, is a way of communicating that. And I think, I think the reality is it's not as hard as sometimes we make it, right? Um, because, because you don't have to get into all soteriology, doctrinal stuff with, with folks generally when you're talking to them about their faith. Um, but I think, I think we can, but I think it's, I think it's a disservice if, if we, if we just kind of do this sort of love fest, right? We just, and like, like John 3.16 is fantastic. I love John 3.16. But do we ever go to 18, right? That says, you were condemned already, right? J- Jesus didn't come to the world to condemn the world because they were condemned already because of their sin, right? It's like, okay, well, that sounds so bad, right? 3.16 sounds all fluffy and nice. It's like, I'm not, and I'm not saying it's wrong. It's beautiful. God does love us so much, Right? that he died on the cross because we desperately needed a savior, right? It, you know what I'm saying? It's, I think sometimes it's, it's useful to do that. Um, all right, before I go too deep, um, one of the things um, that I want to do a little bit, I threw two questions in there already, so you can throw questions, and this is not um, stump the teacher questions, but if you have any questions that we should talk about, and we won't, we'll do it probably next week, um, but if there are questions that just always bothered you, um, or or questions that you're worried that somebody might ask you, like you're you're talking to some stranger and you're like, like what is the you know top what are the top two questions that scare you, right? I sure hope nobody asks me this question. What's yours? What are mine? I think the hardest one. No, the hard. <laughs> no, I think the the hardest one is to me, is a little bit of um, the whole authority of Scripture. Um, just because the reality is these people know, they've, they've spent zero time on that thought. Most people. Very, very few. Now, generally, I've, I've handled that a lot of times, and I, it's usually not that hard. Um, but the problem with it is if somebody really wants to just get annoyed about it and go back and forth... It just sends you sideways for a long time, you know, because people will just say, well, you don't eat, Bible didn't even exist until the Council of Nicaea, right? And I'm like, okay, 
You just, what, you Google that recently? I mean, do you even know what that means? I, do you understand canonicity? Do you, you know, I, are, are you, is this what we're going to talk about? You know, um, and I think, I think there's some of those. I, I, you know, the, the silly example I always tell is there was a teenager who told me that if it was because cause God didn't know what pi was, because there's a verse in Numbers or Deuteronomy where there's a circle with a seven whatever radius, doesn't pick your unit, whatever unit it was, and it said it was 22 feet around. You know, not feet, whatever the unit was. So seven and 22. And the guy's like, well, that's not pi. And I was like, how many significant digits does God need to use in order for you to repent and trust, right? I will tell you that there are times, and I tend to be more obnoxious than others, um, but there are times when you have someone who's doing that, um, that you can, you can either, you can just say, well, thanks, just walk away. Um, or the, the other option, which I tend to almost always choose because I'm more obnoxious, um, is, is just call the question and just say, are you, are you seriously telling me that you, the reason why you will reject the eternal promises of God is because of a rounding error or because of, you know, eating shellfish or, um, you know, mixed fabrics. Um, let me think of all these, right? I mean, if you Google, you know, things to say to a Christian about the Bible, um, you'll see a lot of those things, right? Well, you were, you're wearing blended fabrics, you know, I'm like, okay, really? So the, the reality is most people, if you can get them to be honest, they're going to tell you that they love their sin more than they love God. Now, they may not admit it, but oftentimes, especially younger people, teenagers and 20s and stuff like that, they'll say, part of it's because they think they're going to live forever, but, but beyond that, it's because they'll say, no, I, I, I know enough, right? Romans 1, I know enough, I am choosing to, to push that aside. Right now, they don't always want to admit that, um, but a lot of people, some, if you ask them directly, sometimes they will say that, you know, um, and it's so that's probably if if I you know it's those kind of things just because it's a little bit of an annoyance, um, and it just there some rabbit trails are always you know it's a fun thing we'll look at that with Jesus a little bit um, hopefully today. So if if you have any of those questions, um, throw them in the bucket. We'll try to answer them, or we'll at least talk about them. You may have to answer your question yourself. So um, I always like to hear what, what, what y'all think, right? You, it's not like you don't have a clue. But yeah, so that's, that's one of the purposes. And I'll, I'll send it out as a note, too, if anybody uh, wants to add any questions to the bucket. Um, so, and then the, last, the other thing, just logistically, um, I'm still figuring out what we're going to do about I want to make sure that we, these are some of the, these are the names that, that folks wrote last week. Um, and... Uh, and I do want to, I want to take some time today and make sure we pray for those. Um, and uh, yeah, let's just do it right now. I don't want to run out of time. So we're going to do that. So you don't have to know who these people are. Um, you don't even know who wrote them, wrote it down as I do that. Um, I don't know. I could shuffle them or something. I'm trying to look at handwriting. I don't think you wrote Nelson. No, I do know him though. <laughs> ah! I was trying to think, trying to find people. All right. Um, here's what, let's do it this way. Take, 
30 seconds. Look at the names. You don't have to pray with your eyes closed if you don't need to. Um, just pray for these folks. Pray for their hearts to be softened. Um, pray for someone to talk to them. It doesn't have to be somebody in here. Um, and, uh, and, then, and then just just pray for fruit, spiritual fruit. Um, and then after a few seconds, a few minutes, or not a few seconds, I'll, I'll close. Dear Lord, I thank you that, um, that my name was written on a board, an old chalkboard in a Southern Baptist church in deep South Georgia. Um, and uh, I walked into that room and I, I, I asked somebody, I said, oh, why is, why is my name on that board? And uh, they were nice. And they said, uh, they said, oh, we're just praying for our college students. Now, forgive that woman for lying to me, but, uh, but they wrote my name on that board because they knew I was lost. And they knew I needed to be prayed for. And they wrote my name on the board. And I thank you for that. I thank you for people that take the time to, to petition you for those that need to experience and hear and know the gospel for truth. And uh, Lord, the names that are here and the names that may come later, um, pray both for them and for those people that are around them to have a heart for the message that you've given them. Help them to sense you um, and then to respond to you. Whatever the response that's needed for the folks that are in here. And um, I thank you so much for this group. Thank you for the folks that took the time to write the names and uh, help us to... uh, to bring fruit and glory to you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So I put a simple outline, and let me be really clear about this. There are so many good resources about um, the gospel, and I intentionally did not like replicate somebody else's. So I just sort of made this up, and maybe that's a bad idea, maybe I should have just copied somebody else's. But what I would will tell you is, there's really good ones out there, um, and there's different different ways of, of trying to present the gospel. I think, you know, a lot of the things, so I tried to come up with things that started off with the same letter. Um, so, so if you look on the notes, um, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch. Situation, solution, and steps. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and we've talked about this before. So, um, the situation, um, the situation is that 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 both actually, if we want to get into our sin nature plus the sins that we've provided, right? We are with there's there's no way out of it. Um, we are we are dead in our sins, our trespasses and our sins against God, and that there is there is no hope on our own, um, and and that's an important thing in my mind. To deal with because the world, um, I think we did talk about this last. Did we talk about this last week? Where the world mostly gives each they gives them they give themselves a pass about their their righteousness. Most people, if you asked them, would say, "I'm just about good enough, right? Um, I know I've messed up, but I've done enough good um, in the scale model." Um, and uh, it, do you have a, a a technique? How would you answer that if somebody said, you know? Yes, I've messed up, but but in general, I'm a really good person. How would you? Because I will tell you, most people that is a baseline perspective, right? So that's kind of most common question you're probably gonna have to deal with is how do you deal with people who think they're a good person? Any ideas, suggestions on how you would 
respond to that? Go back and talk about the holiness of God and what it mm. means to be good. And use the, I mean, you can use whatever most recent headlines about, you know, we could use the one for the Florida shooter. Cheater, right. You know, he's a really good kid who did all these things like obeying his parents and was respectful to his teachers. And then he shot 17 people. If the judge were to say, well, but you did all these other good stuff, so I think you just kind of lay it out. And God's perfect. He's not a human judge. He's a perfect, holy, just judge. So how could he possibly say that our good works? And I'm telling, and you know, I'm telling you, the Bible says that Jesus died. He sent his son to die. If we could be good enough, then Jesus' death was so completely unnecessary. Right. So God just tortured his own child and separated himself from him and poured sin on him for no reason. Right. Yeah. And scripture says that pretty clearly there's no one that's righteous to the point that there's not even one person. Right. And he gives clear teaching of what our righteousness looks like. It looks like nasty, dirty rag. It stinks. Yeah. That's what it is in the sight of our good works are Yeah, I think if you're talking to somebody who has a Christian background, I think it's a good idea to kind of pull out a little bit of the details of Romans 3 because it doesn't just say it. It says it, and then it says it again, and it says it again. I mean, if you read Romans 3, I wouldn't do this with somebody who's like, you know, an, an agnostic. They, that's not going to mean much to them, but as, a, but as a son of a churchgoer, you know, Bible Baptist, I mean, uh, the you know, the, uh, the Bible Belt kind of people. Um, if you say, okay, if you look at Romans 3, it's like there, there's, you know, there's no one, right? No, not one. All have done this. All have done this. They are an open sepulchre. They're, you know, I mean, it's just like, if you read that middle section of Romans 3, it's like, okay, I think he's trying to leave no doubt, right? That this isn't, there's nobody, but maybe a few slip through. No, it's, right, Here's, I will say one of the techniques I'll use is, I mean, this is sort of that way of the master mindset, but, um, but one of the things that you can do is most people have, have, have never really, they haven't killed anybody, right? So what, what they'll say is, is that I haven't, I haven't done it that many times, right? So it's the question I would, I always start with is kind of start at the most, um, the part where they're safe, right? So if I, if I killed, if I, if I murdered somebody, what would I be? I'd, I'd be a murderer. I'd be a murderer the rest of my life. If I raped someone, I'm a rapist. It, I, I'm a rapist the rest of my life. Now, yes, you can you can talk about that doesn't identify you, and, and there's some level of grace, and I've suffered the you know the judge found me guilty, and I did 20 years, but I'm still, I I'm still really a rapist, right? Um, even if I did it one time, so ultimately, and then you keep getting a little bit softer, right? Stealing things. I'm, I'm a thief, right? I, that is part of who I am. It's not all. Okay, I get it. Um, and, and then even getting down to things like lying and stuff. And then if you use the Sermon on the Mount kind of a mindset that talks about the heart and things like that, it goes, you are a liar. You are a thief. You know, you, you are a murderer at heart more than likely, right? And I think some of those things, just as the reminder that, that those things, while they may not fully define you as a person, 
right? I think people like to push back on that, um, you know. But it's like, but a just judge couldn't ignore all of that, right? Uh, the example of how many lies have you told? Do you average tell in a day? And then you go, okay, so you've lied 30,000 times in your adult life. All right. And you're still don't, you want to deny the fact that you're a liar? <laughs> it, I mean, it's a little hard if you just do the math. I mean, there's an aspect of you that makes you a liar, right? I, um, if I lied 30,000 times, what would you call me? You'd call me a liar. Um, so, you know, I think, I think some of that is, is a good way of at least um, addressing that. Um, I do think it is, just this is my personal opinion, I really think it's important to not get to Jesus too fast because I think it's worth dealing with the situation without Christ. It is awkward at times where you have people who at least know enough of the Christian lingo, you know, um, and and you can you just have to deal with that, right? Because because if somebody says, well, I you know I'm I've been a member of church and I've you know I accepted Christ when I was eight, just a some phrase like that, right? So if if you walk up to somebody and you have a spiritual conversation and they say, oh well, I go to Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. I've gone there, you know, 20 years, and, and I accepted Christ at VBS. I'm not trying to pick on VBS. When I was eight, um, what do you do? Do you just automatically go, oh, okay, thanks for talking? I mean, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not being critical of it, right? I, I'm saying, right. So just so you know, if you're already having a spiritual conversation, it's okay to, to have that conversation a little bit deeper. Right? Because here's the deal. If they're truly soundly saved, it's going to generally... Like, if you did that with me, I'd be like, let's talk. Let's talk about the glory of God. I, I, I would never, especially as a stranger, which we'll talk a little bit more about. If you're a stranger, you can't be judging me. You, I mean, other than the fact that you know uh, I'm, I have no fashion sense and I'm overweight and, you know, whatever. But I, you don't know me. So it's not like if you ask the follow-up question, I'm not going to go, how dare you judge me? <laughs> you, you don't know me. You know, but, but it's cool. Some of the things that you can ask, right? Um, you can ask the question from John 3. Are you born again? Just to get a sense of the response. Because people might say, oh, I've been baptized. It wasn't what I asked. I didn't ask if you've been baptized, right? Because we all understand we all in here understand that we just had baptism, right? So we understand that it's a symbol, like a wedding ring, right? So baptism is not proof of salvation. <laughs> Fair, right? There's, there's nothing but getting dunked that, that proves that you're saved. Um, and nothing that if I say, are you born again? And they say, yes. Okay. But you can keep asking some questions. I mean, not, doesn't go long, but here's some example questions, right? Um, how often do you read your Bible? Not not counting church, right? Because people will say, "Oh yeah, church." We're you know looking at John, whatever. It's like no, anything. And then if you you could go a little bit further, like, what have you read this week that convicted you? I mean, once again, I know that all sounds crazy. It might even seem awkward, but in all honesty, if you did that with me, I I, I believe I'm I'm a professing I, I am I am a born again believer in Jesus Christ I would absolutely love it if you walked up to me at the food court sat in front of me and we had this conversation 
I'd be like, that's awesome. Let's talk. How's, how's God working in your life? You know, are you, are you, sorry, you're sitting right in front of me. So are you, like, other examples of questions. Um, are you, are you sharing this gift with others? How are you dealing with that? Um, is there sin, and people probably aren't just going to lay out all of the sins that they're struggling with, but are there sins in your life that you're, that you're struggling with, that you're dealing, you know, that you're convicted of? Um, those are great questions to deal with. So just not to say that you're like an utter failure if you just go, okay, thanks, God bless, and walk away, right? That's fine too. But, but it's okay. It's okay to dig a little deeper. And it's interesting to see how quick those responses are because, because there will be people that will that'll give answers like that. And then you ask one more question and the whole house of card co- cards collapses, wow. right? Well, I haven't, I haven't been to church in seven years. Right, I got burned in a church, and I, I haven't been back for seven years. You were right? in bad service at a restaurant. Did you stop eating? <laughs> I love that. I hope the mic's picking up. I like that one. No, it is. I, I will. I've had a bunch of conversations like about evangelism, and I will tell you, it's so funny because there's. It's like if you're willing to just find the path that works for you, as long as the foundation is solid. It's like, don't argue about methods oh, yeah. like you know i mean because i think sometimes we it, it is very funny because everybody will say yes we should share the gospel and then you start getting into details about methods and it's like well i think we should do it that way i think we should do it that way it's like how about this let's all do it the reasonably the way that we we want to and then let's share with but each other like what works how you're supposed to it just tells you that exactly you're supposed to. and there's a yeah and there's a lot of different ways and yeah i, I agree um but i do like the idea of of sharing, like in community, things that are either working or not working, or ideas or suggestions. I think that should all be as part of healthy community. Um, that's awesome. And if we're not, if we don't feel comfortable doing that, then it always makes. I think it's kind of sad. Hey, G! Hi. Yay! <laughs> okay, we were just no all going around and sharing the gospel our own little way, and so it's your okay. turn. Wow. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm totally joking. <laughs> um, so we're just sort of walking through a, a very basic outline, and I know it's, it's, it, is, it is very basic. I, I tried to just put something, um, because I think one of, one of the things is, is that if you live a life and sort of saturated in the gospel and in, in, in scripture, um, God will use all kinds of different things um, to... Uh, um, to be able to be vehicles for, for sharing the gospel. Um, and I think even more important than that is, is what's really going on in your life. So, you know, if, if, if you have, if you have something internally that, that is worth talking about, um, you know, sort of your personal testimony, right? We were looking at like evangelism explosion and then like faith, the faith outline was always, it was always one of those interesting things because there it was very programmatic, very structured. And it was almost awkward a little bit because it was like, you know, you had to say, I mean, in the outline, you had to say, and I had a life-changing experience was like in the middle, right? So it's like the pre-conversion, I had a life-changing experience and then your life after after conversion and things like that. And I always thought that felt awkward. Um, but but I do think it's good to have things, tools that help you to either have, have a, you got a fallback, you have a comfort, um, to being able to uh, to have these conversations, but but it, but all that being said, I you know all of these things are okay. Romans Road is a good one. Um, 
if, if you want to just sort of get sort of a basic outline. And a lot of this is the Romans Road that's on here. So situation about your, your and then the solution, right? Notice that I put Romans 6.23 in, in both times um, because, because the cool part about that one is it's that transition, right? For the, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift, or, you know, I tried to pull all ESV because that's what our church does, but, um, but the, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, which is that transition, um, that talks about there's a situation that says that you are desperately in need of a Savior, and oh, by the way, there is one, right? And that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father except through Him. Um, so that good transition that talks about um, the gift of that. Um, and then I love Romans 5.8. Um, I actually like the older translation a little bit more. I like the fact that when it says God demonstrated His love for us in this, right, that but you know the uh, ESV says God shows His love for us, and that and that while we were still sinners, and I think that's a very important thing to remember. Um, you did nothing to merit or earn the grace of God, and it's important for not not that important, but it it is important for people to not think about this as being a life life enhancement or a, a you know it, it's it's not because I'm I'm just telling you when you talk to people. You can share the gospel perfectly, not perfectly, very, very clearly about, about how you're saved. And then you ask them at the end, what do I need, what, do you, what are you going to do as a result of this conversation? And this is the answer you'll get a lot. I'll, I'll try to be a better person. I'll try to go to church more. I'll try to read my Bible more. I, I've got this devotion book that I'll try to get back into. And so all of the things that they're saying is just works, 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 Right? Lifestyle enhancement, life, life. I'll change my life. I'll, you know, and 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 in all honesty, it's really one of the most. It's fr- both frustrating and disappointing to me because I'm like, I feel like I just shared the gospel so clearly, and then you come back with just a works, works, works response. But that's when you you love them through it and and just just help. That it could be that they're still sort of blinded. They're just not going to get it. Um, but just that's where a, a time of a correction is is worthwhile, right? Um, that. That just reminding them that it's it's not about I'm not I'm not telling you if go to church go to church go to church right now as a result of being truly saved you will want to be in fellowship in church right and and it is a test somewhat like we talked about earlier about somebody saying yeah I'm a, I'm a Christian you know I haven't been in church in five years you know and it's like if somebody was to say that to me and and I I, I mean if somebody's a professing Christian right scripture First Corinthians talks about like church discipline, kind of, and and that's not accurate. I mean, you talking to somebody at the Mall of Georgia is not really church discipline, right? But I think it's fair for somebody who's a professing believer that we can hold them to a little bit of a higher standard. I mean, if you're claiming to be a Christian, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say something like, "How is that not? How is the Holy Spirit not convicting you of that?" Might be a little dangerous in a one-on-one when you just talk to somebody, but but it 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 is possible to go there, right? It's probably not the best, but but it is okay if somebody's professing to be a Christian and they're clearly giving evidence that that there's a there's a gap somewhere, you know. Um, I think usually I'll I'll probably be a little more soft um, on it, like the things we talked about before um, about asking some of those just sort of open-ended questions. Um, I I like to. I don't know how to say this. Um, I generally 
am open to having a long conversation with somebody about spiritual things. So I'm willing to give them a chance to talk a little bit. Now, I'm a little bit more controlling if I'm in a group. Like if, if I walk up to a group of four people and one of them seems to be the one I'm connecting with, but he's going kind of really, really wonky, I'm probably going to be a little bit more controlling. I don't want to use this as an opportunity for, for falsehood to be taught to others. So there's times when I might be a little bit more, because I can turn that on if I need to, to be a, whereas if it's one-on-one, I'm like, I'm, I'm fine, right? So let's, we can talk about where your challenges are and what you believe. Because if you think about some of these topics, right, people, people, have, people have some beliefs or they'll make them up when you ask. Like if you ask somebody a question about what their beliefs are, they're going to have something. Now, they may not have thought through it at all until that moment, <laughs> right? But they're going to have something. Um, and one-on-one, I'm okay with going a little bit slower on that, right? Listen to someone to hear what they're saying and not to respond. Like, listening, like, I'm, I'm a list, I listen so I can respond. Like, right. I'm formulating my response right. more than I'm listening to what they're saying sometimes. Right. And you kind of have to have a balance because you do have to be formulating a response when you're in mm-hmm. a conversation like this. So how do you do that and stay on track with what they're saying? The first thing is don't forget about love. How can you you how do you trend how do you convert um, a person that you're talking to to being sort of a, a an opponent to being somebody who who you who you should love enough that they need to hear what you know. And, and just, um, so when, when you hear that, like the first thing that, the sort of an emotional, I, I guess I am a little bit more emotional than I, I may let out. Um, but, but your first response in that should be, I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm so sorry that nobody, like when, when I share my testimony, I, I tell people, and I'm, I know that God, God is sovereign and, 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 and he gives a gift of faith. And there's a chance that maybe somebody in high school, because what I generally say is, I do not remember a single time at all, zero, zero, when anyone in middle school or high school ever talked to me about a spiritual thing. Now, that could be that I was just completely blinded and there were people all over, you know, I'm pretty sure that was not the case. But, but I seriously do not, ever remember having a single person ever talk to me about a spiritual thing. And I actually had interest. Like, I would watch sermons. I was a complete agnostic. Okay, in case you didn't know. Complete, at least agnostic, if not an atheist, right? I drank the Kool-Aid of evolution, and I was like, yeah, this is what we are. We, you know, that, I fully believe that in middle school and high school. Um, but I still watched some bad preachers, honestly. I think I watched Frederick K. Price was one of my favorite preachers to watch sometimes. He's not the best preacher by any stretch. But I was... I was lost, but I had some interest in things of God. So I would watch, I'd watch church services. But I don't remember ever a single person ever asking me or talking to me about any kind, anything spiritual until college. Um, and and it, so it's just one of those crazy things because if someone had, I, I would have loved to talk to them. Now, I probably would have loved to talk to them to try to convince them how stupid they were, right? Because I was an arrogant jerk. Who was you know who thought I knew what I was talking about? Um, oh, you were a teenage boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but 
so it's it's just one of those interesting things that I think when when you know it's that it's that love thing versus but I understand your point because like my wife is is what she says is she she just is like I can't do this Robert I can't just walk up to somebody and talk and it's not because I don't know a lot of the facts it's because she feels like she's just not a quick quick-witted makes it sound so bad but she just really struggles with formulating a response and and it's a struggle for her because because she would think I, I just would be like not even listening it's like blah 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 and I'm just like formulating my response um and I think I don't know I, I'm just a fan of of trying to be a little as natural as you can be we're we are not Mormons earning our way to salvation by by checking things off of a list we are we are, we are via, chosen vehicles by God to share a gift. And, and I think if, if we kind of get out of this mindset that, that it's it, this, this sort of pass-fail um, kind of a thing, I mean, I don't know. I, I mean, there have been a bunch of times that I've talked to people and I'm just like, I don't have a clue how to respond to that. What do you, what do you want me to say? So I'm a, there was somebody who said something that was just like, and I'm, I think I actually drifted off and I, I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. At the end of it, I was like, let me just tell you, I'm a Christian. I'm trying to share the good news of Jesus with you. I have no idea how to respond. What would you want me to say to that? And he was sort of taken aback about that because he's like, oh, I mean, I'd expect you to say this. And he started answering his own question. I was like, okay, then it got me back on track, right? Because I was just like, I have no idea. And he was sort of shocked, you know, because he's like, I thought you were just going to go through your little outline, your little spiel, right? I'm like, I don't have an outline, really. I'm just here talking to you about, you know, your salvation, eternity. Um, so, I, I don't know any of that. That, that probably doesn't help. Um, Can I say something? Yep. Well, it's more of a question. When you're dealing with, like, when you're talking to people and you find out that they're maybe, like, part of, like, a... I guess more of a cult type thing. Do you hmm. deal with it differently than like an unbeliever? Because I know like sometimes yes. in the Bible it talks about dealing yes. in a more stricter manner with people that profess to be somewhat Christians, but they're like... Yeah, I would uh, escalate. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't dive into that I, because I think sometimes... Because you've got to get a sense of how devout they really are, right? Everybody, I mean, it's sort of like it's the same as a Christian. Oh, I'm a Christian and I, you know whatever and then it turns out like we talked about earlier they're they're really even not i mean most like a jw or a mormon is a little bit because they're workspace some of them and it's more systemic um there's more of that but like jed was talking about before i think it's perfectly fine if, if you get into that conversation pretty quickly i mean you can just dive into a little bit of doctrine if you want to i mean if if you want to just talking about mostly it's the deity of christ right i mean the number one topic is going to be who is christ um I, I gave it away recently. I need to buy some more. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll you know, if, if you guys pay your 20 bucks, I, I feel guilty about that, just so you know. So we're trying to figure out something to, to, to give you. That's cause, you cause, so you get my book whenever that comes out. Um, so do you, like, make, a, like but, make it clear, like, the distinction, like, okay, we are not brothers, you know? Oh, I mean, like, you, you yeah, like, you, you can. Blurred, you know? like, yeah, you, you one, can. For example, one time, some guy at a cafe invited me to a Bible study, you know, and I was just curious, and like 30, 40 minutes into the conversation, I come to find out it was part of this World Mission Society, which I don't know if you guys have heard, but they believe that, you know, Jesus returned into South Korea. He's like, you know, living there. 
So I was like, wow, that's... That's a new one. I, I was like, oh, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And I was like, pull up Wikipedia, read a little bit about it. And, you know, they don't tell you that off the bat, the craziness of, of it. They always yeah. know, talk you... Uh, to, is they believe, I think, um, that you have God the Father and God the Mother, you know, and they go to the New Jerusalem. She comes down from heaven. Like, weird things. And then when I first heard it, I watched my pastor. He was like, that's weird, you know. Um, but there's, you know, a lot of weird Christianized cults out there and they use the same language and you know i talked somebody like i always ask their church background because at least if i know their denomination i kind of know a summary of their you know yeah. doctrine um but I, I remember at one point i i just kind of like said you know i i don't think we're brothers type of thing you know yeah and it kind of ended the conversation and uh we just agreed that you know he still believe that he was led by the spirit and uh i just kind of declined the offer to go to the bible study concluding that you know we're just not the same i don't know could have, could have gone differently i, I guess yeah. the question is, i mean like i have a i have a, a i almost say a good friend a a work acquaintance who i've known for 15 years i mean he's a, he's a reasonable friend of mine um we have we have met probably four times um and just talked about his faith versus mine and and um, and he knows that he knows what what I I, I mean I believe there it's not a Christian you know Orthodox Christian denomination and 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 he understands and we talked about some of those details we do sometimes dive in like for example and I cannot remember okay um, I gave it away recently there's a trifold that I get it I got I bought them at Lifeway before and I cannot remember what they're called. Um, but it's, it's faith. it's sort of the faiths of the world and it, it breaks, it's like, it's a pretty nice little thing and it, it breaks up sort of like, you know, Islam and, and Jehovah's Witnesses and, um, and Mormon and, and then, and then there's a little bit of, of different things and it basically summarizes, you know, who is Jesus? Uh, you know, what are the holy books? Uh, what is the way of salvation? Some of those key questions, um, that just sort of lay out in a, in a very nice, it's like a laminated kind of a trifold thing. Oh, it's not a book? No, it's a trifold thing. I used to always carry it in my Bible, but I recently gave it to somebody else who was really struggling with this, and I need to buy some more. So I may buy six or something and give people in the class. Um, was really what I was thinking. Because it's one of those things that's worth... So here's what I did with that one. I actually brought it to breakfast with my Mormon friend, and I said, here's what these Christian people say about Mormon. Let's talk about it. Is this fair? about who Jesus is, like, you know, brother of Lucifer and all this kind of stuff, and, you know, and, and just those kind of things. And it was really a very interesting conversation. Now, um, now, I mean, most of it, he said, was, was right. I, I think what you'll find, what, what I, my summary of my very light, limited knowledge of the Mormon church is that they're becoming seeker-sensitive just like the Evangelical Church of America. Right, so they're becoming a marketing thing. Willow Creek, kind of. How do I? How do I get felt needs, and how do I build community, and kind of push back a little bit of doctrine and and those kind of things, and emphasize the fact that it's a tight knit community, and if you need to, if you need somebody to help, you know, on a Saturday to 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 build a, a deck on your house, we've Don't got. Don't ask. The Seventh Day Adventist. Don't ask. Oh, that's true. Okay, but so that's the kind of thing that when when I talked with him, that's the stuff I said. So how are you? How are you marketing? You know your your church, and and he said this is this is one of the ways that we do it, and, and especially in the north, you know, North Atlanta kind of world. Um, 
And it was just very interesting. I'm like, oh yeah, there's churches that are doing that too, right? Programs, programs, programs. Here's how you get, you know, how you can have a sense of community um, and worth. And yeah, well, we won't push a lot of doctrine or, or Bible and that kind of stuff as much, right? Um, it's crazy. So it's just, just kind of funny um, because he's like, yeah, we don't really talk about some of that, a lot of that stuff very much. I'm like, okay, but you do know it's important. He's like, yeah, I know, I know. He's like, Robert, I know. I know you and I disagree because he's a Southern Baptist convert you know, because he, he dated some girl who was a Mormon, and he's like, oh, I don't know, that's kind of, so he's not, like, dogmatic about it, right? You know, it's that, and that's the kind of thing that you have those kind of conversations. You can plant seeds. I, I never would have expected that he would just, you know, repent and trust in Jesus, the true Jesus, you know, at breakfast, right? Um, but I think it, you can have a loving conversation, um, agree to disagree a little bit. I, you know, just different ways. I, I think you weren't here when we said that. If I can encourage you, any way I can try to find a way to encourage you, not to be all squishy. I am not squishy, you know, I don't think. Um, but do not just kill yourself over the after the fact of a conversation. Learn from it. Remember, you know, kind of glorify in the experience, but just let it go, <laughs> right? Because, you know, just learn. And, and so you'll have conversations where you'll screw up. And I'll, I try to throw in those stories. Um, I know we're just about out of time. Um, and we'll just keep stretching off this, this experience. But um, here's, my, here's my quick failure story. Um, this is why it's good to have a wife that will speak truth into your life. Um, we were getting a pool installed. The pool installer, um, Neptune Pools in Sugar Hill. Um, the guy who was the co-owner of it, I think, came by on a Sunday morning just to check on the status of, because we were almost done, and punch list and all that kind of stuff. So he was over there. And as I'm walking with him around the pool and talking about some of the punch list things, here's what he tells me. He goes, he goes, Robert, I know you're heading off to church. I just want to let you, could, would you pray for me? My, 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 my marriage is str- and struggling right now. Um, and he, he shares some of these things, right? Just out of the blue, right? And, uh, and I said, sure, sure. And we talk a little bit about it as we walk back. And, and I really had an opportunity to talk to him more. He wanted to talk more. And here's what I said. Well, it was good talking to you. I got to run off to church because I, you know, got to teach Sunday school. And I, I got in the car and, uh, and, and I'm telling Carrie about this. And I don't remember how old y'all were. Do you remember this? Okay. So, um, so, so as we're riding to church, I tell her this story about, you know, I can't remember his name, Doug or something like that. And he's, he's telling me this and, and she's like, are you kidding me? The man is sharing his heart. He needs to hear about the gospel. He needs to hear about, about more than, hey, I'll pray for you and, and driving off. And, and you, and, and by the way, just so you know, back then, I was one of those psychotic people that got to church like 45 minutes or an hour before church started, right? So I really did even, I mean, even honestly, I had 30 minutes, right? Or we have multiple cars. I could have easily said, hey, Carrie, take the kids to church. I'll, I'll meet you there. I, all kinds of different ways I could have handled it, right? Other than the horrible way that I did, to be completely honest, right? I think I handled it probably the worst possible way that I could have. But I did have a loving wife who spoke truth into the situation. And so, he, but here's the cool part about it. This doesn't always work, right? If it's a stranger, it doesn't work. But in this case, I, I reached out to him on Monday. And the first thing I said was, I failed. I failed you. As, as, as a Christian, I, I, I didn't handle that situation very well. Um, when can we meet? 
when can we go to lunch? When can so we ended up going to lunch and and talking about some of the topics that we dealt with, um, and I got the opportunity to to share the gospel and things like that, right? So, and in all honesty, the the vulnerability of of especially somebody that you know that you can do that and saying, you know, would you please forgive me for <laughs> for completely just blowing that situation? So so just think about that kind of stuff too, right? You, it's okay. It's really okay. Um, remember, we I keep going back to God is sovereign. Remember that God is sovereign um, and that you aren't the arbiter and the, the source, the ultimate source of people getting saved. So just walk through that journey, right? You know, repent, ask for forgiveness with people that you know that you mess up. If you mess up and it's not somebody that you know, pray for them that somebody won't mess up the next time they talk to them. I mean, you know, it's like just let it go. Learn from it and let it go. Um, and uh, so um, we are at a snail's pace through the materials. Um, the, the notes are there. Um, I mean, obviously, we've talked a little bit about repentance and faith, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Um, feel free to just think about, think about verses that you would use. Don't, don't, this, I'm, I didn't put this on paper for you to memorize. I put this on paper as an example. Um, and, uh, and you can, you can pick from it how you want. Um, and, uh, so do what? Your homework. Okay. Your homework. Is it not on there? Yep. Um, so, um, yeah, other than the things that we haven't talked about yet. Um, it should be, uh, read chapters chapters one through three of John. So, um, have a spiritual conversation with someone. Okay. Um, as a reminder, I, just real quick, um, some of these resources, and I don't care if, if any of them would help. Um, we've talked about the gospel tracks already. I've got a bunch more all over the place if I didn't pull out every one of them. Um, the I love the IQ tests. They're one of my favorites, the red and greens, red and blues or whatever, different colors. Um, this is my favorite one for, um, it's not as much here, but this is one of my favorite ones for if when we share, hand out gospel tracks at, uh, at, the, at the beach. Um, one of the things I love to do, and one of the things that I hope to do when I retire, to be honest, um, is, is I want to hand out water bottles and gospel tracks just as sort of a hobby. Um, this is the, one of my favorite ones for, for the beach because it's got a bunch of words, but it's hilariously funny. And it's just, it's just stupid stuff. It's just childish. It's 101 of the world's funniest one-liners. Um, but, but it's just, and then obviously there's a gospel tract at the end. So there's, I have a bunch of those. Um, and then there's a few audio resources. If, if this is Ray Comfort's Hell's Best Kept Secret, if you ever want to hear just a, a simple sermon, um, about mostly about true and false conversions. Um, this one is MP3 um, of uh, of witnessing encounters that that this guy Todd Frills done um, that were usually went really bad. How do how do I overcome you know these fears? Um, so they kind of play video or audio of uh, of some of those challenges. So there's just some of that. Um, you know the key thing is find tools that that give you some confidence. Right? It's like so I can share some of these things. Um, but they won't all resonate, right? So it's, it's what, what's the thing? And, and one of the things we'll talk about next week, I hope so, will be just the difference of being between um, sharing your, the gospel with strangers versus people that you know, um, and then even a little bit more detail about, you know, like uh, churchgoers. How do you share the gospel with people that are churchgoers? Um, family, um, 
friends, and then strangers. Um, and then uh, next week, we're going to do some. We're going to go somewhere. So be thinking about it. We're going to go. So I think we're going to go to the mall. Uh, my first thought is we're probably going to get just like kicked out of the mall. And if we get kicked out of the mall, we're going to share the gospel with the security guard who walks us out, right? So, um, so, and, and so we'll, we'll find a way to do that. I, we will try to run a little tighter on the schedule, but we're going to fail. I'm going to fail every time. Um, and I, I, I'd love any feedback. I knew, just so y'all know, and then we'll wrap. Um, when I talked to Brian, I was like, really, four weeks? That's really tight. Um, and I'm always just way too wordy. I, I know. Um, and uh, so it's, it's just a little bit of a challenge for me. Um, and uh, so I'd love any feedback about that. I, I'm okay with even very frank, honest feedback. I'm from the North. I don't mind. Um, but uh, so last thing about... It, yeah, that's my excuse. Um, so remember um, a couple things. If you have any questions for the jar, which are questions that might, that you're scared, that kind of make you scared, things that are tough to answer, you're worried about how to answer, we will try to handle some of those things um, as time permits. And then, uh, um, and then pray for people um, that are, uh, uh, that, that need to hear the gospel. So um, we've got cards to try to write some names on. I'd like for you to think about those. I'll try to make sure we display them. I may stick them on a little board or something. Um, Because I want you to, I want it to be front of mind. I want names to be front of mind. Find a way for those things to to be front of mind. Um, In the past, I have set my my work password to be a person's name that I need to share the gospel with. Like, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Eugene316. Right? And it's like every time I type that password, I'm like, hmm, have I talked to him yet? Right? So just techniques right those are it's just it doesn't matter there's those are it's it's that the mindset of saying i i have a heart for sharing the gospel i'm i'm learning how to do it better and then and then i'm having techniques to both make me feel guilty if you want to go that way or to encourage me if i you know want to think of the positive right um and uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about that too the next couple weeks um to try to encourage you